This is quite frankly one of the best opening topics we've had on the show. And oddly enough, I wish I had known about it sooner as it's nearly over. But Walmart initiated a shopping experience period back in July called Sensory Friendly Shopping in recognition of those with autism and other sensory disabilities, such as those that struggle with PTSD. Hmm. It takes place each Saturday from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. During this time, participating locations will turn off the store music, lower all overhead lights, and change all moving images on monitors and TV screens to display only static images. So, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, actually, I mean, many people have been like blowing this up all over social media, primarily TikTok, uh, just voicing their appreciation for Walmart's participation in this as uh, other stores and restaurants have been doing this in the past as well, uh, including Chuck E. Cheese, Save On Foods and uh, AMC Theaters. Wow. I actually did not even know that. (laughs) Honestly, neither did I. (laughs) That started in July, you said? Yeah, that started back in July and actually shed a little more light on this, uh, which was actually very well cited in the article uh, that we'll note in the description. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many people with sensory disabilities can be overloaded by various factors where all five senses direct too much information to the brain. Yeah. Uh, Such factors range from loud noises or music, crowded spaces emotionally intense people or groups, drastic environmental changes such as temperature or light, unexpected or unwanted physical contact, heavy traffic, tactile triggers, uh, scratchy or uncomfortable clothing, uh, and intense smells. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I have to say that after reading that list, there are some things on there that I actually struggle with, like crowded spaces, unexpected or unwanted contact. Riley can definitely attest to that one. Yeah. Uh, even certain emotionally intense people as well. well. There you go. Man. So Saturday, 8 to 10. And I guess they're not stopping doing this. They're just going to keep rolling with it, huh? It was started on July 22nd. And uh, it'll actually end at, at the end of this month. So it is a, you know, temporary period. Okay. Um, personally, I kind of wish that they would do like this during the evening time or have like an evening session. But yes. then when I kind of rethought this through, I was like, well, actually, that's when most people shop. So it kind of would defeat the purpose. Oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't so, that. yeah. But um, I actually may try and get over to Walmart on a Saturday morning just to actually see yeah, this me too. Uh, for myself. <laughs> we'll have um, to go together. As long as, yeah, as, as long as uh, our uh, location is actually participating. So, Yeah, that's great. I'm glad that they're actually uh, allowing that um, for those, for those yeah. types of people. That's really great to hear. Uh, we'll go ahead and move right along to uh, the news for the week. Uh, so starting off, we have some information from Threads. Uh, they're releasing three new features for the app, directly sharing a post to your Instagram DMs, customization of alternative texts for photos, videos, and a new mention button to easily mention someone's account in your thread. Uh, Now, many are still anticipating for Meta to release the web version of threads. However, I think Zuckerberg is really trying to thaw out a lot of the app's integration and fluidity before releasing a web version. Uh, So at least the most logical reason to me (laughs) for that. So, yeah, Uh, Zuckerberg says that all of these features will be released uh, to users this week. So uh, you guys can go ahead and keep an eye on that uh, if you're interested. Hmm. Still haven't jumped on board on that one. So, (laughs) nope, still haven't. Not (laughs) I probably won't for well. Probably never, but uh, you know, for those people that do are interested in that, that do this is for exactly, you. <laughs> yep, yeah. Which I mean, so. it sounds like they're getting right along because um, you know a lot of those features sound like 
those have already been, you know, part of other platforms like iMessage has had that. Yes. Can mention people I was actually thinking like that. of that when I saw this article. Yeah. And, you know, direct messaging the posts that you make or that are on threads, that's definitely uh, something I could see being beneficial for, for users. So Yeah, for sure. Last week, I believe it was you that mentioned how Samsung prematurely released a One UI 6.0 beta. I did, yes. Or or at least this, some of the images on what it looked like. Mm-hmm. But uh, now it's actually official, and the latest software upgrade from Samsung based on Android 14 is now available for the S23, 23 Plus, and S23 Ultra in its beta form. So Awesome. Yeah. Sweet. And uh, actually, for those of you who are interested, you can follow the steps in the link in the description, which will direct you to the members app where you can proceed with that upgrade. Uh, now, obviously, it goes without saying that betas are known to be buggy, right. performance, yeah. and battery efficiency. So obviously, we have to you know, proceed with caution. Throw that caution out there. Exactly. Yep. So... Uh, yeah, that's that's really great. Uh, I, as we uh, saw those images last week, I was uh, pretty impressed, although we did kind of say that it was very similar to iOS 7. But uh, dis- discrediting yeah. that whole thing, it did look a, a lot better, in my opinion, uh, than the previous one and all the other stuff they added too. So, um, yeah, I'm glad they're finally releasing that beta. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. I think it was kind of funny because we were actually talking about how we feel like it was good that they waited and then all of a sudden it comes out like a week later. So <laughs> yeah, even just that bit of time really does help. Some people might not think it, but yeah, just a week in it, just a week added really does allow for, um, you know, a more efficient look. Some added bug fixes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You never know. Bug fixes in two. So yeah. Yep. Like uh, going against threads competition X, AKA Twitter. And I think this will be the last time that I call it that. So we'll be rolling out a video calling feature. The CEO, Yaccarino, has confirmed that this feature would not require a phone number to make calls, Hmm. which I would not expect any less. Uh, (laughs) There was not really any information of when this feature would be released, but the CEO did confirm it would be soon. Uh, So once again, we'll uh, update you guys on uh, when that uh, rolls out. Uh, And it did say also that the way that it would look is very similar to how your own messaging system is. Uh, as far as I'm aware. So um, it won't be too far from home, to put it in another okay. term. So. Did they, I, I have to question this because obviously we're in a paywall-driven society nowadays, but mm-hmm. uh, did they say whether it was have to be with um, Twitter Blue or X Blue or whatever it is now, or is it actually just, you know, platform-wide members? There is, it did not mention anything about having to have Twitter Blue. So as far as I'm aware, as the article indicates, um, it's open to any user. So, okay. Gotcha. I don't know. I don't really call people. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just me, but, uh, yeah, I mean, at least they're adding that in there, I suppose. So if you did want to talk to somebody, you could be like, you know, it would just be easier if we talked and you didn't have to worry about like, oh, what's your phone number or whatever, I guess that's a Yeah, that's what the article it, so. said. And that's what I kind of agree with too. You don't really want to put your yep. information out there at risk. I mean, you never know what kind of stuff might happen. So yeah, that's a good right, addition. Right. So uh, recently we covered news on the OnePlus Open or the competitor to the Pixel Fold and Z Fold. Uh, but we have mm-hmm. some brief updated news on the potential price of the product. Okay. And per Yogesh Brar, it could undercut the aforementioned foldables by two to maybe $300. Okay. Meaning that there's a chance that you could see it 
retail for roughly $1,500. That automatically makes me question its premium interior design and stuff, like its performance. Because if they're lowering the price a lot lower, that's, I mean, unless unless you have something else you were going to say. It does have a lot of high, um, high-end sp- uh, high spikes, high-end specs to it, okay. as we've been uh, hmm. notating in the past. But I mean, even if you think about it, like the Oppo Find N2 Flip, that was decently priced, I feel like. I don't know about yeah, the that's true. Uh, the Find N2, but um, Briar does state that the device should sell for 120,000 rupees in India. Meanwhile, the Z Fold model goes for around 140, 150,000 rupees. So you can definitely tell in that country alone that there is quite a bit of a drop off. So now there is a chance the market pricing could be a little bit more favorable for that model in India. But even so, depending on how the model fares with the viewers here in the States and how it matches against the current big two in this segment, uh, it could possibly be quite the deal if the U.S. is able to cash in on that lower MSRP for uh for OnePlus's offering. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Again, just the, hopefully the performance, uh, if those specs are as high as they say they are, then uh, hopefully the performance doesn't lose out on that uh, if the price is lowered. Yeah, and, and that that's that's the whole question of, of why I said, you know, with, with those YouTuber viewers and such, because obviously they're going to be the ones that are going to dictate or at least exactly. have the firsthand experience of, okay, is this better than... Obviously, it's not going to be as refined as what Samsung has just because that's been around right. for, you know, four or five years. So Correct. But, yeah. Uh, it has been confirmed that Apple will be doing a pre-recorded event as they did last year and for WWDC this year. Yep. Now, this would not come as a shock to most considering that is uh, apparent. Nope. Uh, it is apparent that Apple wants to actually adopt this format uh, for years to come as it allows for events to have no mishaps, uh, simpler, easier ways of showing the product and not a lot of whole production cost and upkeep. The reason why I actually brought this up is because we have not really talked about this as much on this show. Should Apple adopt this sort of pre-made keynote? Does it have more pros than cons? Do viewers enjoy this more than the in-person events in the past? Now, for me personally, I will always love the in-person events. There's a great feeling when you see the gasps of the crowd, the applause, the hoops and hollers. In fact, it was what I enjoyed for the longest time ever since I watched my first keynote back in 2016 when the iPhone 7 came out. But uh, I don't know. Most people probably disagree with me. I did see that a lot. Um you know, uh, from the article that I read and say that they actually enjoy the new format more so. But uh, I will ask, what are your, your thoughts on this new format uh, if it is here to stay? Well, first off, I really do think it is here to stay. I, I have a hard time believing that they'll ever go yeah. back. Yep. As far as my preference, yeah, I'll admit that I like how they have the certain effects and the video recording and how they have transitions and stuff like that. And, um, you know, how they go in and do like the rendering and displaying the products. Yeah. Oh, sure. But uh, I feel like that's something you could do with like a presentation demo video that Steve Jobs has done in the past. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel like that can be, you know, omitted from from the presentation. The in-person event is just what brings, I feel like, a lot of originality to your products and how you're you're presenting them. Um, We've seen this with Samsung. We've seen this with Google. Uh, Now, obviously, other companies have proven that it can be done utterly terrible, like OnePlus, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, all up power. (laughs) <laughs> forgot about that actually but I, I i love yeah i love i love how google does theirs yeah um it's it's 
they're not my favorite by a long shot. Uh, I think, and maybe that's why Apple is doing this or trying to kind of just veering away from, you know, the Steve Jobs era and trying to introduce something new and kind trying of to be original format. Yeah. Uh, if you want to call it that, sure. Um, <laughs> I don't know if though if it really adds any Unique. reason to it because, you know, other companies can follow suit and do the exact same thing. Right, yeah. I think when it's just live and, you know, you have those moments where, you know, Steve Jobs had the iPhone and, and it messed up on him uh, because somebody was toying around with the passcode. Uh, is stuff like that that kind of just makes you enjoy and remember those events. Exactly. Um, so, and with those events, you actually remember the products and stuff like that. And I, I just, I don't know. It's sad that there is a really strong likelihood that we will never see that happen again. And uh, even with Tim Cook and, you know, his era before COVID, mm-hmm. I, I even enjoyed those presentations. Maybe not as much, but it yeah, just I would it agree. did. It had that real in-person, in-touch feel that you really just can't get from just a pre-recorded format. And that's coming from a person who just watches mm-hmm. it on YouTube. There is something that you can tell and that you can yes. um, understand. Exactly. Uh, just watching that and as they're going, doing doing it live versus just, oh, this was something they've had made up for like, you know, three or four weeks now. Yeah. And actually brought up a very good point there. When you have mishaps happen, it shows that this piece of tech is not perfect. Yeah. When you show me a an iPhone or a pair of headphones... And it doesn't look like there's any flaws, although it's kind of understood that there is. Yep. It makes me feel like it's just, you know, you're trying to sell the product without even telling or, or showing by even accident that there are any issues with it. And I feel like when that happens, when you when you do have you know problems that come up, it shows that like, hey, you know, mistakes happen and this is just the way technology is. It's not going to be perfect. It, and it, yes, very natural. Yeah. And it's also, I think you said this as well. It's more of a friend to friend relationship sort of thing. Um, like how I was watching a, a YouTube short today and someone was actually praising Marquez uh, on his audio quality and certain things that he does. And the one thing that I didn't notice was that he actually puts normally it's a mic that's supposed to be above your head. He puts it down below and that allows, and the camera as well, it allows for it to feel like a one-on-one person. Like he's actually talking to you, hmm. uh, not just from a, you know, I'm just going to give you information, but actually like, you know, a good friend that's just trying to give you reliable information. I feel like that's what Apple has been missing uh, ever since they took on this pre-recorded stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. It's it's going to be sad to not be able to have that anymore. Uh, I Again, that's what I've loved about events and keynotes, being excited for that um, when other people are in there. So Yeah, I can't remember which one it was. I don't know if it was nothing or if it was maybe Samsung or I don't think it was Motorola. Uh, but yeah, there was one of those. It was it happened recently where they had some sort of hiccup and they kind of just moved on. And uh, I don't know if it was like a software hiccup or something like that. And I was just like, you know, you kind of had to laugh at it because you're like, yeah. this this happens. Uh, maybe it was Google. Maybe it was a Google event and I.O. But yeah, that's what, that's what I love about it because there's just, there's a, you don't have to feel like it's stiff and it's all exactly regimented. It's almost like you're watching a movie rather than, you know, going to a theater and actually watching a live show. Mm -hmm. But you know, you've been on a calls carriers plan too long when they start increasing the prices as a way to entice you onto newer plans. Here we go again. 
<laughs> then again, it's not like most prices these days are going down. <laughs> just, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> that said, on a quick note, if you are on Verizon's Go Unlimited, Beyond Unlimited, or Above Unlimited, then you will notice a $3 monthly increase. And if you're on the 5G start plan, then you'll notice a $5 increase. Uh, all of which take effect on the 29th of this month, August. Uh, these plans started back in 2018, so I imagine that some of you are probably still holding on to whatever Verizon offered with that lineup. So, Didn't you, was it last week or the week before, you said that Verizon's lowest plan, they actually lowered it by like $5? On their, uh, yeah, on their subsidiary for Visible. Yeah, that's, okay. that's the... Uh, Yep, that's their other subcarrier. That's interesting. Yeah, because I was I was saying I think uh, I said something to the extent of like, man, they're not even increasing the prices of their other plans and actually lowering the lowest one. <laughs> man, I should I should have not opened my mouth. <laughs> well, I mean that that's it's not really that much of a surprise just because that no, whole, it's not. It's just like, more of a that's disappointment like, that's like for those Mint types of people. Mobile, yeah, much of T-Mobile stuff or pretty much. Um, what's their other one? Metro. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I actually think, uh, I have to get the confirmation on this because I saw it in passing, um, but I think they've actually done some price increases on their current plans as well, if I'm not mistaken. So I'd have hmm. to get that okay. confirmation for you guys. But uh, yeah, one quick item before we jump into deals is, so Google is at it once again with software features that it manages to cram into its Photos app. Uh, with the latest promo okay. video from Google, they boasted how a feature is coming to the Pixel 8 series. Up till now, we have enjoyed a feature called Magic Eraser, where Google will use photo computation, algorithms, and internal processing to erase people, animals, and other obstructions in a picture to make the memory seem more personal. Okay. Now, we can expect a feature Google is labeling as Audio Magic Eraser allowing users to erase various aspects of audio from their videos Ooh. to focus in on what does matter to the user. So I like it's, that. <laughs> it, yeah, it's gimmicks like these that make you think it's worthless, but as the software improves and time progresses, you actually see how useful it is. Yes. And in some respects, wish that other competitors, hint, 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 would adopt this kind <laughs> of mindset. So I'm actually yeah. looking forward to this when it comes out in the fall. Yeah, me too. Uh, one thing that actually did come to mind when you said that improve in the future, have you noticed recently that uh, cinematic mode for the iPhone has really increased in quality recently? Oh, really? I don't use cinematic mode actually that much. So, I, okay. But if it has been, then that's that's actually kind of surprised considering how, I don't want to say, well, I could say trashy, but it's their photography has gotten really bad, so... It was eh. Yeah, when it first released, it wasn't that great, but up until recently, it's actually been pretty good, because I, I used it today, and I was like, wow, there's not a whole lot of blurry glitches or anything that used to be there or whatever. Mm. Um, so that came to mind. It's, it's, so it's, so I, I agree with you when you say that, like, it could be something that's, like, not worth it right now, but, like, you have a lot of different examples of other companies that have improved their quality uh, in certain things, over time yes, yes. and so this is just one of those things where it's like you just got to trust that it'll actually uh, work out for the better so yeah trust yourself have some confidence that it'll have success yeah absolutely i mean the, the magic know. eraser uh, as far as i'm aware works actually pretty well or at least of what they've improved of it right or, it does yeah i use it quite a bit and there are obviously some areas where it just can't do it and i was it, that's just because you might be asking too much of it and, and there have been times where i have mm -hmm. but in 
optimal situations, it's really nice. But yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely hear hear where you're coming from. I mean, yeah. we've we thought foldables would never become a thing where it's like you know a prominent yes. model in the in the market, and you know Samsung pushed forward, and now we're having a whole plethora of other companies try to compete yeah, in that market. Exactly. And you know, obviously that's hardware, but this is software, so it just. I like how we're trying to, you know, keep evolving with technological tools uh, that just kind of help ease the everyday usage. So, um, yeah, like like you said, I'm definitely looking forward to this uh, and uh, kind of seeing it evolve and, and improve with time. Yeah, for sure. But moving on to some deals here, we got the PlayStation DualSense controllers. Uh, they're on Amazon at $20 off, so just under 50 bucks for those. Yep, and then we have the Samsung 990 Pro 2 terabyte internal SSD uh, was $250. Now it's $170, so that's an $80 savings for you right there. Um, when I saw this deal, I was actually very interested because I've been actually wanting to upgrade my own storage on my laptop because it's it's getting to that point where it's almost full. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this, this is a really good deal right there. Yep, and then the Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Uh, standard edition is currently half off. So originally 60, now 30. So, and that's the uh, Switch edition. But yeah, with that, we'll jump right back into news. And at this point in time, we have expected very little changes to the upcoming Watch Series 9 and Watch Ultra 2. Mm-hmm. And as that still is the case, we now have expectations for a future watch model from Apple, one that Mark Grimman anticipates to be the Series 10 or 10 with a Roman numeral. Yeah, uh, like they did with the iPhone. So, the X. Uh, not a whole lot is detailed about this, except that he has rumors which indicate that Apple is looking to adjust the watch band connection mechanism in favor of some sort of magnetic interface yep. would take up less space. Uh, allowing them to improve internal components such as battery and other sensors. So. Yeah, yeah, I did see that uh, article, and that is kind of something actually for the last few years that I've been kind of wanting Apple to get into because I feel like the way that it is now, I mean, for a while it's been great uh, the way that you yes. connect the bands, yes. uh, but I feel like yep. there could always be room for improvement there. And magnetics, I mean, however they choose to do that, so hopefully they do it well. Um, that's, I mean, that's a great idea right there. So hopefully as we anticipate it, hopefully it'll uh, come out strong. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I like what you said there because, um, it has worked well for so long. And I like the fact that Apple isn't just jumping ship to, you know, increase profit margins for buying new yes, bands. I mean, they've exactly. had these bands around for, you know, we're on our ninth generation coming up here in the fall. So that's the good part. And it's kind of like adapting to USB-C. Correct. You're going to have to buy some new accessories. Uh, But the fact that you've been able to stick with the same bands for the past nine years or so has been definitely beneficial to the consumer. So it's also noted that we should expect the series 10 to be thinner, uh, sport a blood pressure sensor and possibly micro LED screen. Cool. Uh, Now, the latter has yet to be confirmed on whether it will be like 2024 or 2025 when that would be implemented, if that's going to be part of the Series 10 or maybe the Series 11, if that's Mm -hmm. where they're heading. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sort of excited about this and maybe a little nervous just because we've seen what Apple did with the other famous or I should say infamous 10th gen model. But uh, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's kind of uh, up in the air and per personal preference. Room for improvements, but some improvements just don't stick. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, <laughs> until like a few years later when everyone's just like, well, I guess we're doing this now. So it's the notch. Yep. It's the notch. <laughs> yeah. One of those things you don't say out loud. Anyway, um, exactly. since 2016, Facebook Messenger has allowed Android users to utilize it as an SMS default option. Well, now Meta is getting rid of this option for users. And as oh, far as news you. or... We are going to have a nice debatable episode here. And as far as news or information goes, there really is not a lot to go by in terms of why they're choosing to do this. But, and I think JD might know why, but this disablement will roll out on this on September 20th of this year. Now, the only Android that I've ever had is the OnePlus 6. And even then, I only use the OnePlus messaging app as my default. So I really can't speak towards the fluidity of using Messenger um, through the SMS. Uh, however, I can tell that a lot of people love it and use it, and it is odd to me that a company would strike this uh, f- feature down as now people would have to text through just their normal cell number, uh, which for some may not be a huge deal, <clears throat> JD, but uh, if you have used something for a while, why rid many of it? I mean, that's just my personal question. So Yeah, no, I understand where you're coming from, and I can see this being a major upheaval for, for people that are used to that. But um, <laughs> the the reason why I said thank you is because uh, I hate downloading Messenger every single time and having to constantly say, no, I don't want to have my phone number in there. No, I don't want to use this as an SMS messaging service. Oh, okay. Um, that's one aspect of it. The other aspect is, well, the reason behind that is because I don't like meta having my information or personal texts. So mm. that's that side of it. The other side of it is I even though I'm sure there, like I said, there are people that do use that. Uh, I think with the development advancement of RCS messaging through Google Messages, it's hard to compete with that. So you make a fair um, point. Even though, even even though, what what you make a fair, you make many fair points. <laughs> I, I mean, that's not to say that Facebook doesn't have like that whole entire reactions and typing indicators and stuff like that. Yeah, I just feel like people want to have it in one spot, and for me. I want to kind of split my life between personal texts and Facebook messaging. That's fair. Um, and that's just, that's just how I personally feel about it. So I'm, <laughs> I am, I'm glad they're, they're doing away with this. That's just me. I'm sure, you know, some of you listeners out there are probably like, I hate that they're doing this and I wish they would have kept it this way. Um, and you, you, did you say when this was happening or it's just, it's September 28th, September 28th of this okay, year. So it's, yep. it's, it's, it's coming up pretty soon here. So, Okay. Yeah, that's definitely worth noting. So yeah, for sure. And uh, kind of like I said, it's you know for me personally, I've I've used Messenger. I've always loved it, and I feel like the I I actually didn't think about it. I agree with you. It, Facebook has always been kind of known to with that information side. They've been unstable, uh, I'll say. And uh, yeah, I didn't think about that one. I still do think though, in terms of like connectivity, I think a lot of people find that useful. Um, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with like how it's, you know, seamless and it can work with, you know, the texting mm-hmm. and actually not to come at this from someone who's never used. It, I actually did back when I had my uh, note four. Oh, OK. They did have that enabled. And I actually used that as part of my mess- messaging service for a time. Uh, matter of fact, I've used a lot of messaging services for my texts. <laughs> uh, I remember I used to use Pulse. 
Uh, yeah, I, I remember another that. one I, that I used all the time. And uh, and then and then once RCS came along, it was just kind of like, OK, I'm done. I'm not using like Samsung or OnePlus messaging. I'm just straightforward. It's, you know, Google Messages is automatic for me. So, yeah. Uh, and like <laughs> I'm sure other people are probably thinking, well, Google has their data issues, too. I'm like, yeah, they do. But I don't know. I'm more I'm more likely to, to side with Google over Facebook. But <laughs> maybe maybe other people feel differently about that. So. Yeah, that's true. But uh, for those who are unfamiliar with Mr. Keyboard on YouTube, he had a video out last June showcasing how the Z Flip 3 had a durable hinge that could last over 400,000 folds. Well, he is at it again with the Z Flip 5, and while the numbers don't technically match up to what the Flip 3 achieved, which includes a bit of gray area on what the official numbers would have been, uh, mm-hmm. He put the Flip 5 through various battery of tests and boasted that the clamshell model could once again last over 400,000 folds. Wow. And had it not been for the flour and egg mixture he had subjected the smartphone to, uh, there's a chance that it could have <laughs> potentially lasted uh, another 100,000 flips. So Don't bake while using your flip is the, the key information. Exactly. <laughs> That's cool, uh, though. Not it is cool, yeah. And now that the test, however, doesn't bode well for Samsung's competition, where the Moto Razor Plus lasted a little over 125,000 flips. Mm. And uh, now one could speculate if you open and close the phone 100 times a day, the Flip 5 would last you about 10 years. Uh, just on that measure alone, which would outlast the software support from Samsung by a long shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is considerably better than the three and a half years that you would theoretically fare with the Razer Plus. Yeah, that makes sense. I always, because we noted when it released, there were some already some people coming out with uh, and even some videos of actually sort of moving just a little bit where it was not supposed to like sort of. Yes, it angled on the hinge a little bit, like ever so yes. slightly. So I, yeah, we, we can we can definitely attest to even though it was impressive, it did feel a little less durable. Right. Um, then the Z Flip, which I've definitely tested those in the past, and they seem to have a good strong hold. So, yeah. Yeah. Not really much of a surprise, but it's worth noting, though. Yeah, absolutely. This is a more favorite topic of mine and possibly yours, uh, JD. Leaked images of the Bose Quiet Comfort Ultras have surfaced, and just from a glance, yes. these look sleek and stunning, in my personal opinion. Uh, there are obviously some specs that we did want to kind of hash out real quick here. So we do have rumors that these pair of headphones will have spatial audio. Uh, sources also suggest that they will be Snapdragon Sound certified, which would allow for higher Bluetooth codec and lower latency. In terms of price, prior leaks suggest that this Ultra Pair will hit a grand total of $550, as opposed to the $350 standard you'd be getting with the base models, Yeah, which means I have very high expectations for this and hope they make an excellent competition for Apple's uh, AirPods Max. Now, in terms of battery, sound quality, improvements, and other stuff, there's not a whole lot of other rumors uh, out right now, but we will obviously keep you guys posted if there are any. So, Yeah, I saw some of those images too, and they do look pretty nice. Um, Got some qualms with it? <laughs> not really. Oh, okay. I mean, it does have, it, it, has, it has that premium look, which you would expect for, well, for headphones that cost that much. But no, like you said, like it, it, I would have high expectations, especially for something with that price tag. 
I would have to test them just because yeah. I did use Bose for quite a long time. Yeah. And then I switched to Sony and never really looked back. So <laughs> I, I do fair. feel like to be, um, and, and that was before we had the show. So to, to be fair and actually look at the competition, I'd have to look back and see, okay, uh, what does Bose have now and how do they compete with Sony? Because uh, yeah. I do feel like Sony is, is one of the best in the business, even though That's Bose true. has that branding. I, I feel like Sony's made a lot of improvements that have made them uh, um, a prominent competition in this market. So, Yeah, I have had my QC2s for about four years now. And the only thing I've ever had <laughs> to replace, yeah, it, I'm honestly, the yeah, the muffs is always the muffs. Uh, if you're, if you work out and then sweat gets on them and it starts to break into uh that outer layer there material material yeah. yeah and they're like 30 bucks a piece so it's kind of annoying uh, but other <laughs> than that uh, i love them they deliver great sound quality switching between devices is fairly easy not as easy as sony's i'll be at that uh and the yeah. ac anc is not premium by any means but for what it's worth in the year that it is released it still holds up even today so honestly <sighs> I don't know. I, I've always wanted, ever since they came out, the um, AirPods Max. I, I just, the look of those, the sound quality, even you actually tried those out and you shared yes. them with our family and they said they were better than the Sonys. But I feel yeah. like I might actually, when these come out, I think I might buy these. I think this will be my next upgrade. Um, I might try them out and maybe if they're not as good, although <laughs> compared to the ones I have now, they're going to be they're better. Gonna be better. But, uh, yeah, but we'll have to, we'll see, uh, any other specs that we have. We'll obviously share them with you guys. And, uh, I'm really excited for these, uh, you know, I just love bows for a while now, but yeah, you brought up two points. So one, uh, yeah, the AirPods max, and I feel like a lot of reviewers have kind of beaten this dead horse title of they're the headphones I hate to love. <laughs> uh, because it's just another Apple product that yeah. they're like, great. Uh, yep. and, and they don't like to because they feel like they're Apple sheep or they're, you know, fanboys or whatever. It, they, they just really are great headphones. It's mm-hmm. the price tag that literally kills me. And I hate that. So, and I think that's another reason why they hate to love it. Um, <laughs> like the other thing that I wanted to say to that was I'm hoping, but based on the pictures, it doesn't look all that promising that they will get away with the proprietary headphone jack. Uh, that is one thing I hate about Bose. So do you, does that in the, is that in the rumors at all? Or do they, have they finally gotten to a 3.5 millimeter jack versus the, I think it's a two and a half. Let me see here. Cause there were some images showcasing the, I, yeah, I'm seeing that image and I can't tell based on the size. I'm kind of looking at the size of a USB C and yeah. it looks might, like it might be a 3.5 because I'm looking at a USB-C on my phone right now. And then I'm kind of Actually, you know what? Looks... If you look at this image, I think the answer is pretty clear and you're not going to like it. <laughs> you have to look very closely to this one. You might have to download it. Hard to say. I guess. Yeah, I guess I can see it's a little bit smaller. It is. Yeah, I can. I can tell immediately. It is definitely a 2.5. I mean, I mean, that not that that makes a huge difference just because a lot of this stuff is Bluetooth nowadays. But that's just the one thing I hated about it is like, okay, Me why too. in the world do you have to make it 2.5? Because I could just easily plug any auxiliary port in there that has, yes. you know, the three yeah. bands around um, around the pin and enjoy the audio. So, and even you had that issue and that's why you constantly lose the cable because you can't plug another <laughs> one in I there lost it without again. ordering it from Bose. Yes, you lost <laughs> it again. So that's what drives me crazy. And I'm just like, Bose, get over yourself and just let us have a regular 3.5. 100%. So... Soapbox over. Uh, they do look nice. So we will definitely keep you updated on those specs, like Riley said. Yep. 
But to close out this uh, episode, we got some interesting news here. So for most of you listeners, there's a good chance that you're probably unaware of the OnePlus Ace 2 Pro. And this is in large part because we have neither mentioned it on the show, nor do we expect it to be a global launch. Mm -hmm. Uh, For now, the model is only expected to launch in China and possibly some other countries in in the Eastern Hemisphere. Uh, and the main reason why I'm bringing it up is because rumors indicate that it's expected to sport a display technology that many North Americans would welcome. Okay. I've got your interest. Okay. Yeah. The display technology that they have developed, dubbed Rainwater Touch Control, has a primary purpose of allowing users to enjoy a noble touchscreen experience even if the screen is wet from water drops. Something that, to date, none of the major U.S. leading smartphone models offer. And quite frankly, it's a problem that I have encountered on more than one occasion during my many uses with various smartphones over the years. Yes. And obviously Riley is chiming right in with this one. So. Yes. I, I literally just, so when I was over at your house grabbing your camera, I was trying to get in the door, but it was locked and I had to run quickly. It was like storming outside, mind you. And yes. uh, it was downpouring. It was yep. bad. And I had to go back to my car, grab the phone and water got it. And I was trying to text you and I was like, hey, what's the password? But I couldn't type the stinking message in and my clothes were wet so I couldn't dry them off. <laughs> it was the most, one of the most annoying experiences I've ever had with a phone. And I've always, always wanted this to be fixed. And I'm really annoyed that this is yes. only being released to China. Yeah. I'd be surprised if you see Google, Samsung or Apple jump in on the action with this display technology in the near future, but I am hoping that eventually we will see uh, this type of attempt at some point in time in the coming years. So yeah, per a promo video directly from OnePlus on Weibo, the technology seems to work quite seamless when compared to Apple's latest iPhone. So they actually did a comparison as they okay. demonstrate the displays on both models are being penetrated with multiple water streams and the Ace 2 Pro never seemed to skip a beat with human touch input. That is cool. That yes, is, it is man. extremely cool. Um, I'm Actually, if you want to check it out real quick, I'm going to send it to you. And I mean, it completely ignored the disruptive nature of the wow. water uh, due to a dedicated screen chip paired with algorithms providing an optimal experience for users. So it's pretty incredible. That is amazing. Yeah. No pun intended. They blew Apple right out of the water (laughs) with that. That's incredible. Oh, my goodness. Why this isn't going... I'm I'm hoping that this is going to be part of like the OnePlus 12 or something like that, because I would love to see that on a U.S. model. Yes, me too. As soon as it hits market, I would... That, honestly, if that was on the 15 this year, I would buy it straight up. Screw the USB-C yeah, thing. Talk about gimmicks here. This is something <laughs> yes. that's really going to impress some people. <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh, my goodness. I don't, I don't really have a whole lot to say other than, wow, that's just, man, I wish I had now, that. I mean, I don't know how this affects, like, um, maybe battery usage or whatever, because there's that chip that's t- constantly detecting, like, what is human touch. That and is true. trying to decipher yeah. what's water. So we'll have to kind of see how that evolves. Uh, obviously, we can't do it with a Chinese model. Um, but like I said, if it does come to another OnePlus model here in the States, we could definitely uh, have a personal experience on battery life and other uh, usage from uh, Oxygen OS. So, yeah, that is true. Absolutely. I'm kind of curious if I had to guess which one would do it first here, maybe in the next 
three years if we're lucky, I'd probably say it's going to be Samsung. Samsung, yep. like the company that would kind of jump I'm for it. Right there with you. I was going to say that too. Um, I think the next one after that will be Google and then Apple Google. will and then Apple, fall suit. Yep. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. But uh, with that said, that wraps up this week's episode. Um, definitely some interesting uh news and updates that we've had all of which of course you can typically check in the description below for links and further information on those topics but uh all that said this is jd and riley and we will catch you guys in our debatable episode on saturday peace out